This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? Since the inception of Hell's Kitchen. Quick, quick, open Hell's Kitchen, please. Let's go. More than 100,000 chefs have tried out. Have you decided what you would like? Over 10,000 customers have been served. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's too salty. Security, please. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Please come in. 132 hopefuls <laughs> have walked through the doors. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> Countless have been kicked out of the kitchen. You're crap! You're crap! Get out! Get out! Get out! We ain't nobody Get out. You. And only an elite nine have tasted victory. But those numbers are history because Hell's Kitchen is turning 10. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. And Chef Ramsay is putting his reputation on the line. This year, I'm looking for my head chef at Gordon Ramsay's Steak at the Paris in Las Vegas. With so much at stake, I'm going to destroy them all. The chefs will do anything to win. BFM 89.9. It's 7.39. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Arvin and Dash sitting in for Sharmila today. My apologies for that last bleep. I got that clip and listen, Hell's Kitchen will squeeze in all the curses. Look, Mm -hmm. they don't care if it's under Mm -hmm. a VO. They don't care. So today, um, we are... Before we get into explaining why that clip exists on our show, uh, we're talking about guilty pleasures. I think that this is the second time that we're sort of exploring this little avenue. Yeah. Yeah? The last time we did something about shows and TV and movies that are so bad that they are good. Right. Which Mm. I think is a slightly different thing, but they can overlap sometimes. Yes. So... Guilty pleasure itself is a loaded term, but just to say that's what we're talking about today. So Mm. let us know what is a film or a show that you really enjoy, but that you also kind of judge yourself for enjoying. (laughs) Um, You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So, okay, firstly, how do we all feel about the term guilty pleasure? (sighs) Um... Pleasure, yes. So that's confirmed, right? The guilt part is a bit like, do I actually feel guilty for a lot of these things or am I being pressured by (laughs) society at large because they tell me I'm not supposed to like something? Um, So just going back to the show we did previously, the the movies and TV shows that are so bad that they are good, right? I think it can overlap with guilty pleasures, but I think guilty pleasures are also like junk food um, in the sense that, or like ice cream. You can get like high quality, imported, expensive ice cream, but it's still junk food. Mm. And I think guilty pleasures are that. They come with like high production value. They can be expensive, quote unquote. They can be promoted or sold as legitimately good shows on good streaming services or even in the cinema. But then for some reason, they fall short in certain places and you know the quality is a waste of time and it it doesn't actually match up. And then you're like, okay, this feels empty, but I still love it somehow. Just like junk food. Just like junk food. But that's the thing, right? Because I feel like junk food can be the so bad it's good kind of thing. Like In the sense that you recognize that it's bad, Mm. but you enjoy it. Whereas guilty pleasures, I don't know. I, I have trouble with that, with the term as well, because... It is 
if you enjoy it, then what are you guilty about? If exactly, you genuinely yeah. enjoy it, right? Because and if you objectively think the movie is not good, then doesn't it fall under the so bad it's good category? Okay, so I think it's something that your brain just knows. Like mm-hmm. if you're watching something that's bad, the same way your stomach knows that junk food <laughs> is bad. It just there's something about it. It's the emptiness of the thing, and you're like, okay, there's there's no value to this. So I struggle with this when it comes to scripted content like mm. as in you know actual actual scripted shows, actual films that kind of thing where I'm like ah you know if it's a whole genre is there a problem with enjoying it and then I'm inclined to agree with you both that the problem is society it's right. everyone else, it's not me <laughs> but um, the, the issue <laughs> happens when we're talking about reality TV which I think I really believe most of us can probably collectively agree it's not great, like, you know, mm-hmm. reality mm. TV really is the snack food of yeah. content. It's there, it's so addictive, you binge on it, and then after that you feel like hollow, and then you want to curl up a bit, and you swear you'll never do it again, mm-hmm. but then the next time you hear the, this season, you're like, okay, <laughs> I'm back in. I don't know what it is. And they always get you in the, the opening episode, like the pilot of every season, or the opening of every season, because they'll do that coming up on this season and then some guy will have a, a complete meltdown and then teammates will fight with one another and then you see like Gordon Ramsay just <laughs> yelling at somebody but they never show you who it is. So you have to get to episode 12 or 17 or the penultimate of that season to find out why he had that meltdown. All of them know how to do it. I think it's just that it plays on suspense and it also plays on your need to know what you just saw. And they do that incomplete thing, right? Like, look, I'm going to leave you hanging this big thing happened this season and you're not going to know unless you tune in. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it, you know it's a waste of time, but you, you, we just have to know. Doesn't it feel like like reality TV and perhaps even like at larger contexts like guilty pleasures, it's like, mm. it reminds me of like, let's say you go to, you know, the, 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 the bus stop or something, you know, or, you know the, and you have a gossip session yeah. with your colleagues. And after the, the gossip... sounds specific, yeah. Dash, go on. <laughs> gossip session you're like okay well, like that you know that is objectively it does didn't give you anything meaningful it's not like a, yeah. this big meaningful conversation or anything like that about life or whatever right it's just nonsense you're mm. just gossiping half of it may not even be real stories <laughs> you're just you know, inflating everything and all of that but while you're having a conversation it's so enjoyable and even with mm. these reality tv shows right it is a lot of it is absolute nonsense. You know that going into it, but while you're watching it, who's dating who? Who's breaking up with who? Why? It's like your gossip session on steroids. And also, yeah. frankly, just as a genre, they know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. really fine-tuned thing. I, I I don't know if this is fair, but my comparison would be to Top Gun Maverick. When you watch Mm. Top Gun Maverick, you're watching a well-oiled machine just hit all the beats, do all the things. You can see it. You can see the cogs turning Mm -hmm. behind. But it doesn't matter. You're along for the ride. It's a great roller coaster. You're in it. And I think reality TV is the same. You know what they're doing. When they hit to the ad break, I'm like, ugh. You know, whatever. These people. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When they do the this week. All of you get eliminated, or none of you get eliminated. <laughs> you know, I'm like whatever. I I know that I know you know what you're doing. I know 
you know how I'm going to react. That doesn't stop it from being pleasurable. Um, so reality TV has come up a lot in answers already. Uh, my shenanigan says, selling sunset, ha 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 ha. Um, Shah and Nuro Kairouni both say keeping up with the Kardashians, a classic choice. Um, and Twixie says, the ultimatum and love is blind. Love is blind is the one on Netflix. But Netflix I think also these are has all right now on Netflix. I think because there there was another love something love on Netflix, Island? Love Island. That that was the big yes, one. Yes. Are they connected in any way? <laughs> I, 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 Is it I, the no. multiverse any, of multiverse, <laughs> of, multiverse of, 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 of like trashy, trashy <laughs> reality TV, TV shows? <laughs> the the other thing about these shows is right. So I I, I uh, mentioned production value in the start. I think reality TV and reality shows have done their thing where they don't look cheap anymore. Mm. If you go back to like the 90s... They're kind of cinematic now. Yes. They're very mm. cinematic now. Um, and you watch something like a Jerry Springer, let's say. You know it's trash TV and it's labelled as trash TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the aesthetic, the, the the set, everything that they're doing isn't high quality, right? But you watch something like, uh, I don't know, anything on Netflix. Let's say like a, like a Love Island or, or the other one with the, with the word love in it. It's high production. Love like, is blind. Love is blind. Uh, <laughs> it's high production. You see the ads and all, and you're like, oh, wow, there's a budget behind this. And that's, I think that's another way of hooking you. Guys, um, I'm happy to say, okay, I'm just going to let everybody know in the next uh, maybe five minutes, you're not going to hear my voice. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be able to get a word in because, um, okay, just quickly, we're talking about guilty pleasures today. We want to know what are some shows or films that you love watching, but at the same time, judge yourself a little bit for liking so much. Uh, You can send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM radio. Now to set up our next clip uh, we have this from Mukris Taufik who says WWE mm-hmm. which both my compatriots <laughs> on this show were having like a super spirited CM Punk conversation <laughs> before we came on air so clearly they're fans I mean it's so coincidental that we're talking about wrestling today right like mm-hmm. CM Punk's coming back this weekend yep. it's a huge sure, week sure, for, for yes. wrestling fans. Knew it, knew it. Yep. <laughs> Mukris you're in perfect company right yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I, so for me, right, um, I, I don't feel guilty right. watching wrestling. I know it's a guilty pleasure thing. It's firmly in the guilty pleasure basket. Mm. Um, it's all pleasure, no guilt. Scantily yes. dressed men screaming at each yes. other. Exactly. At each other. And, and I'm the same with you, yeah. Arvin, on this. Because in fact, we did a show before on like mm. one of the one of the shows I do called Today I Learned, where it's literally wrestling, the title is wrestling is fake, so why do we love it? And I yeah. genuinely love it. There's no guilt. I see it as an art form. Um, it, 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 it is an art form. It's a theater of violence. Yes, is it theater is there. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, yeah. it, it's so, a dance. So yes, amazing so choreography. It, yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's stunt choreography. It's mm-hmm. fight choreography. It's beautiful. But I I do understand like why it it is in that realm of guilty yeah, yeah. pleasure, right? Because it has that that junk food element that Arvin was talking about, right? It is. It is like the, the promo sometimes are very over the top. The storylines that are wedding stories mm. within wrestling. What many, does, many, wedding many, stories. many, many weddings over the years, many failed relationships, many betrayals, um, you know, people dating their friends, girlfriends, and that becomes a, the, a reason to fight. A so match it, at WrestleMania suddenly. Yeah, yeah. you know, because, because you, you dated my girlfriend and, and things like that. So I, I, I can see, I, I, I'm not guilty about it, mm. but yeah, it's definitely a good choice. I, I can tell you where that, that flip happens. Mm-hmm. Like you see two athletes and they're having like a good match. Yeah. Athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, athletes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> having a good match, five-star match. 
And all of a sudden, a wizard shows up. And you're like, okay, so that's, that's the guilty in the guilty yes. pleasure. Wizard shows up and yes. then match, just every, lights go off, yes. someone okay. disappears. Here's, here's my thing about the WWE, okay? Like, like all right. Um, I, I used to watch it quite a bit when I was younger, um, but I go in and out, and I go in and out partly because um, WWE is really interesting to hear you both call it art and theatre and dance. Um, but also, the I think it does totally have its own language in that the beauty of it is that even if you only used to watch it in like... Hulk Hogan's era Mm -hmm. and you have no idea who anybody new is it doesn't matter you watch it and you know right away oh I'm supposed to root for that guy and I'm supposed to hate that guy and that's cool and all the things that have always made up the artistry of the thing um, (laughs) you know the entrances the insanity the this and the that all of it is built in and continued in a long cultural tradition till this day (laughs) and so I take the point I don't feel guilty I view it also as um it's like reality TV. I can kind yeah. of watch an episode and go, oh, that's the new bad guy. Interesting, you know, and appreciate it from there. So we're going to hear a clip. Um, but again, today we're talking about guilty pleasures. Let us know what is something you love watching, but also judge yourself a little bit for that love. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Blues, folk, metal. BFM 89.9. This seed belongs to our creators, whoever they are. I shall take it where it can never be found. Will we ever see you again? Cade Yeager, I do not know. But whenever you look to the stars, think of one of them as my soul. Defend this family, Autobots. Defend. There are mysteries to the universe we were never meant to solve. But who we are and why we are here are not among them. I am Optimus Prime. And this message is to my creators. Leave planet Earth alone. Because I'm coming for you. BFM 89.9, it's 7.53. You're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is our supercut with Lynn. Arvin and Dash, uh, who are both just nerding out so hard about Transformers. <laughs> Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Did you hear that voice, Lynn? Did you Can hear Can I tell Optimus you, Dash, Prime's how voice? little I care? <laughs> I just, but I think this is the beauty. This is the beauty of guilty pleasures. They're not for everybody. So, 
Today we're talking about guilty pleasures. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, the things that you love to watch, but also kind of judge yourself a little bit or worry maybe that other people will judge you. We want to know what yours are. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now for what it's worth, um, Kamar Nizam has a real variety of choices, um, including what we just heard. Desperate Housewives, I, I enjoyed it at first, but can't stop because of peer pressure. I love this. Um, Goes on to say Transformers, Fast and Furious, Wrestling, WWF, nonsense but full of action. Can I ask you, like on a scale of 1 to 10, how much were you judging us for the Optimus Prime (laughs) love? You guys couldn't see... And, and people outside the studio couldn't see, but they were gesturing at each other, goosebumps. And I was just like, I cannot, I cannot manage this. Um, I, I wasn't judging. To be fair, I, I understand the appeal. We spoke about this in our review um, yeah. in Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I get it. If you have an attachment to the Transformers, if you love robots and Crash Boom Bang, I totally get it. I don't judge. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to say I don't like. But, you know, that's separate. The interesting thing about the Transformers franchise, I don't think it always was a guilty pleasure. So like the yeah. first one in 20, 2007 by Michael Bay, to me, was like I think it's genuinely a good film. Like genuinely until today. But everything else, I think it just went on a downhill. But at the same time, I'm t- like one of the reasons is really because of Optimus Prime. I'm telling you, mm. like you put his voice on the trailer, I'm there. Yeah, like really, like I, I don't know what he gives me like genuine goosebumps. His lame speeches at the end of every movie, <laughs> every movie. Oh my god! In the moment, I don't find it lame. After that, I when I'm reading like what on earth did he <laughs> like, say? Like like who wrote what, this? Who wrote this? Yeah. But my god, his voice like genuinely gives me goosebumps. And like I, I think that the clip is specifically from Age of Extinction. Which I feel feel like that was when everybody was starting to say like, okay, this is on a decline, like massively. Mm. But I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed it. Like I see objectively a lot of the flaws. When I watched it the first time in the cinema, genuinely had a good time. So I think this is where like me and you uh, differ Mm. slightly. So I, I also genuinely love the first Transformers 2007. Revenge of the Fallen is my guilty pleasure. Mm. So I know that one was badly reviewed. People said it's a bad mm. movie. I'm okay with it. Give I can me still the numbers, enjoy. guys. Wait, wait, what um, is Revenge of... Revenge of the Fallen is the second, second one. one. Okay, gotcha. And Go then on. third one was Dark of, of the, the Moon. moon. Um, everything after that is a blur for me. So I, I cannot tell <laughs> Dark of the Moon, Age of Extinction and The Last Night Apart. Like, I don't know what happens when. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they are, gen- they, are, they are bad movies. But that being said, right, just last week, um, I saw The Last Night was available on streaming. And for some reason, I just I just hit play and I started watching scenes. I would forward through the the human scenes with Mark Wahlberg, but then I would get to <laughs> I would get to the the Transformers and the, all the the action set pieces, the like you said, the Big Bang Boom, yeah. and and I started to enjoy it because I think I had low investment. I wasn't in the cinema. I didn't pay for a ticket, and I was like. Oh, like this is fun. I, I can I can get along with this. I have no problems. I feel that way about fast. So mm. um fast I have no way of telling you what happened when. Like this is Brazil. I don't know. Like I know they went to Brazil. I <laughs> yeah. know that they've also been to a bunch of other places. Like it all blurs into one essentially 15-hour movie for me. Like, I, there's no real distinction. When one's on, though, I'll watch it. And you know what? If, like, I need background noise, it could be worse than, like, hearing cars go to space. I'm okay. <laughs> I think that there's something about the inanity that I find very appealing that I can't get with Transformers because I think I just missed out on that childhood connection and I don't have it. Um, fast, I don't have to take it seriously and therefore it's fine. But... Fast is actually a guilty pleasure for me. I do enjoy the the weird, slick, like 
male gaze quality to those <laughs> films. I, I, I don't know why I like it. I think for me, even the Fast and Furious franchise, it's a little bit like the Transformers franchise in the sense that there are movies where I actually like, like, like if I were yeah. like reviewing, I would say like good movie, like for the fifth one. I know they dragged around the vault all over the, the town and, yeah. you know, and all that. But I thought like it was pretty good, like action film, like that kind of thing, right? But then there are some like Tokyo Drift and all which are genuine guilty pleasures. Like I think there are some like, if I want to say like, oh, like is the acting good and this and that? Not really, like not at all, perhaps. But I, every time, like there is just some genuine joy that I get out of it. Like, like, and then I feel like, oh, why am I, why? Like, what does, what is this about this movie? Mm. Because there, there's a lot of things, right? Even in the Transformers in, in, uh, in Fast, in the Fast franchise, there's like, you know, like objectifying, like Lynn brought up like the male gaze. And then there's like some races, like in Transformers, like they're racist robots yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. But I don't know, there's just something about it. Maybe it's just the, the whole bombasticness of it all done well. That, you know, like I keep going back to it. I don't know if it's also um, a communal thing. Like mm. the same way you feel guilty pleasure, uh, you feel guilt because of pressure from society saying <laughs> that this is a bad movie, why are you watching it? I don't know if we also <laughs> like movies like Fast and Transformers because there's such a huge following for it. And when you go to the cinema and you watch these movies with a group of people, right, you see people genuinely Gen- enjoy yeah seeing Vin Diesel and Jason Momoa and, and and Dwayne Johnson and all of them just show up in their cars, pull off stunts. And I think that that's like infectious. So you're like, oh, I, I want in on this. There's well. a wrestling element to the Fast franchise, don't you yes. think, right? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also the way, particularly the way people swap from being heroes, villains, yes, villains, heroes. I think the that's time. the wrestling oh, that's thing. True. Yeah. That's true. Um, okay, we're talking today about guilty pleasures. Let us know what are things that you just love watching, but also kind you know, judge yourself a little bit. You worry others will judge you. You don't feel that great about loving. Guilty pleasures. WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Binge-friendly movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. FM 89.9. It is 8.09 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Arvin and Dash. And today we are talking about guilty pleasures, the things that we really love, we really enjoy watching, but we also judge ourselves for it, even as we hate ourselves for judging ourselves for it. Mm-hmm. It is complex. <laughs> uh, we'd like to hear from you. What are some of the things that fall into that category for you? You love watching it, but you're also kind of guilty about it. You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Does anybody want to guess, of the three of us, who chose Sex and the City? Just a, wi- a wild like, just guess. Just a wild guess a wild from the guess. audience. Like, who could have chosen Sex and the City? Because actually it was Arvin. No. Um, <laughs> I, okay, look, I've talked about this before. 
I love Sex and the City. I, I even, and actually Sex and the City is not the guilty pleasure because it's a genuinely good show, even mm. if it does celebrate capitalism and all sorts of <laughs> wrong-headed <laughs> romantic ideas. Um, but, and just like that, is a terrible show. Like, I, I'm sure neither of you have seen it. No. Yes. Um, that simultaneous no is everything. <laughs> so I'm sure neither of you have seen it. Um I watched it because I felt a magnetic pull towards it as a former fan and somebody who's run through the Sex and the City series several times in the background, just like having it on. It is, objectively speaking, a bad show. It's poorly written. They're sort of mutilating the characters and their arcs. It's awful. I'm all in for season two, though. I will not stop. Oh, it's, it wasn't like a mini mini series reunion <laughs> Goes thing. to show how little you know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. Like honestly, no idea. Uh, this is what Transformers sounds like to me. Uh, <laughs> Very this is, this well. This is your Transformers. Yes. This is your Transformers. Um, look, Siu Hong is joining me, saying, um, "Watching Sex in the City as a guy," <laughs> which I, I like the little addendum which came after a dot dot. So I, I actually think that before we talk more about Sex and the City. We don't actually have to. I used, I wanted to use it as a conduit to talk about rom-coms because rom-coms are my true guilty pleasure. I love them so much and I love them for the same reason or in the same way that I love reality TV. It's you, like, I know what's going to happen. I know everything. But, you know, it's still lovely to watch. But do you feel guilt? I do. I do. And I, I, I don't know why. I think it, I think it's a very, frankly, it's a very gendered thing. It's like mm. almost as if if you're a woman and you love rom-coms, mm. then people think it's all you love, I guess. Right. Well, but, yeah. Yeah, we don't agree with that. Yeah, no. <laughs> because I, I just, I literally wanted to ask, like, yeah. you um, you said, okay, we don't, we didn't yeah. watch, you didn't yeah, watch I Sex didn't watch and the City, City yeah. at all, right? Do you think we would have liked it? Obviously, they oh. marketed it towards they gendered it Be- when they were marketing because it. i do enjoy okay let's uh, like like friends with benefits uh the just uh, like in a guilty pleasure kind of way uh, mm. justin tibley mila, mila kunis then there's also the similar movie with ashton, ashton kutcher. kutcher yeah what does anybody remember the name of it? um i can't remember no uh, no strings attached no strings, no strings attached, attached yes see, see I, I i enjoy those like i enjoy putting it on because like especially after a tiring day yes oh yes like it just it's like such a breeze to watch. It's like you get some laughs. they candy, okay. right? I think yes. the thing about rom-coms is it's candy. Everything mm-hmm. is clean. Everyone has a job. Everyone's like, <laughs> you know, yes. even if you're quote-unquote poor in a rom-com, yes. you're still you're still really well-dressed. Yes. And, you know, it, it's, it's all just a very clean, frictionless mm-hmm. world. Like the biggest problem you have is he didn't call me. And you're like, mm. oh, okay. All right. This is easy. <laughs> I, I don't have to invest too much in it. So... To your point, Arvind, about Sex and the City specifically, okay, neither of you will like and just like that. I, I, I couldn't in good faith recommend it. Sex and the City, though, um, Dash, have you seen Insecure? No. Okay, because Arvind has, and I know okay. you love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's something to it. It's a very white show. Everybody, you know, has moves in those circles, has those kinds of concerns. But I think that if you liked the writing, the sharpness, some of the social observations of Insecure, you'd like Sex and the City. So my benchmark for like a rom-com is 27 Dresses. I love 27 Dresses. That's not even a good movie. Um, So it can all go up from there, right? (laughs) Um, I've seen that movie more times than I want to admit. I will gladly admit if I know the number. Um, And it's just one of those like warm, sweet, 
movies that hits all the the rom-com tropes some of it doesn't make sense um some of it is is downright wrong some of it is dated <laughs> but i still like you put that movie on even though katherine heigl is in it and i know a lot of people don't like katherine heigl i have no problems with katherine heigl um i can watch it so if using that as a benchmark you you still think i would like sex in the city yes arvin and i would like to know lane if we should start watching binging sex that's, in the city that's literally what i'm asking <laughs> yes. interesting yeah. interesting <laughs> um, i feel like i feel like you should try okay yeah i feel yeah. like you should give it a go um i i mean i don't see anything wrong with with trying simply because it's also such a huge cultural touchstone the movies And also no we don't need to bother with the movies we do not need to bother with and just like that but I think you give the original series a try just to see they're short episodes anyway in mm. in this day and age of binging like they're short episodes it's fine it's easy but you know chick flicks and rom-coms are coming up a lot and not always from people that you might necessarily expect um, including in this voice note Hi BFM, uh, I'm Farid. Uh, my guilty pleasure pleasure is actually watching all the chick flick movie. I love chick flick movie. I think it's like romantic. But however, I'm a guy. I have to look macho, and uh, that's the reason. Sometimes I watch it, but I never told anybody about it. <laughs> <laughs> Farid, thank you for sharing. I love that so much. Um, I think this gets at the heart of the problems people have with rom coms mm-hmm. or romantic movies in general. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why we all have this hang up. I I love how Farid said that he didn't want to share it with anyone. Yeah. And then now it's on now radio. It's, <laughs> now it's on radio. I was just I was just like putting putting those two things together. Um also I wanted to ask like do you think age is anything to do with it when you look at stuff like guilty pleasures? Um this is not about like rom-coms specifically, but I feel like sometimes that sort of pressure you get when you watch something or don't watch something doesn't matter anymore the older you get. So you reach a certain point and you're like I don't care. It's my life. I'm just going to watch whatever I want to watch. It's <laughs> yes. my TV and my subscriptions. You may not like it. You know what I, what yes. I mean? So the, the pressure gets slightly less and less and then you discover more shows along the way. Um, I don't know if that's also a thing. So it sort of dilutes the the guilt in the guilty pleasures. Yeah, I I think that maybe as per, and for me also, like when I first started, like be, previously I used to review movies um, as my full-time job and then before when i first started initially but writing about movies i would always have that that extra that societal pressure they talked about i feel i just put it extra on me because i'm mm. like if i came out of the cinema and i liked the film and then i see everybody didn't like it i'm like am i going to be credible if i don't you know have that opinion yeah. and and then that that sort of guilt comes in right and then it feels like oh, then i will tell people like oh yeah i like it but actually it's not really good but i had fun with it Some things I think you're not expected to take seriously and that's part of the problem. And so when you seriously like it, mm. it almost feels as if you can't you can't really mean it. Yes. Um and I think that rom-coms totally fall into that category, but you know what else does? Adventure comedies. Mm-hmm. So like National Treasure, uh The Mummy, that whole category, right? Jumanji. It's got Jumanji, mm. yeah. Um they're really f- Jungle Cruise, they're really fun. They they're fun, they're pleasurable to watch. They hit the rom-com thing again. Everybody looks very neat, the world is clean. <laughs> yeah. Like like it's all very easy and candy-colored to watch. Um but they're also not serious movies by any stretch. Do you think the um, spending money for those movies is what give makes people go like 
wait, you went, you watched that in IMAX? Like, <laughs> Jumanji? Like, you, you know what I mean? Or, or Jungle Cruise? I think that's also a thing, right? If you say you watched it on something like a streaming, I think guilty pleasures are a lot more acceptable if you watch them at home on your own TV. Which again yes. is wrong-headed, yeah. it's wrong. right? It's so yeah. wrong. It's, it's wrong. so wrong. I, because I agree with Arvind. Like, I mean, you just like what you like. Yeah. You know, you just, just like it. If you really love the movie, even if everybody hates it, like, I mean, love it yeah. lah. Love it as much. So like, like one example that, I, that comes to mind when it comes to this, right, where, or like, it's not meant to be taken seriously, but then you love it sincerely. So I had conversations about Aquaman with people because the James Wan uh, Aquaman, like I genuinely, sincerely liked it. Mm. But a lot of people were like, they liked it in a sort of, haha, there's octopus playing drums kind of way. Yeah. But I was like, whoa, there's octopus playing the drums in this other... Like, I saw it as like world building. So I remember having a couple of... <laughs> I remember having some conversations with people. Yeah. And like, they were like, yeah, 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 I so like it. But then they were like, no, but you're saying you really, really like it? Because I like, like it in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way. And I was like, no, I genuinely like it. That yeah. used to be the thing for superhero movies yeah. a lot, right? Like, like uh, yeah. maybe like mid two thousands, early two thousands. Um. So okay, I'm gonna Google an article. Um, because I need to refer to something very okay. specific to this. But before that, just close off the rom com loop. Um. Aseri says, K-drama with ultra-predictable plots and gratuitous brand sponsorships that don't work with the storyline. <laughs> so a very specific mention. Uh, Zarit says, I love rom-com types of films and family movies. I love cringe jokes that are supposed to be cringy. And Square says, rom-coms or heartfelt movies. I tend to tear up or cry during the movie. Cry emoji. And Serotonin Abby and Ophelia both say, Bridgerton. Bridgerton is such a good guilty pleasure shout. It's so much in you that know basket. What? You would like Sex and the City. I remember reviewing you remember Bridgerton review, with you. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, season. What is it? Season two. Yes. Was so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. That thing. But it is firmly in that right because yeah. you know it's like it's like high drama. Everything's dialed up to an eleven. Everyone is so dramatic about the smallest things. Um, the world doesn't make sense. You spoke about world building mm. in in Aquaman. <laughs> the world in in Bridgerton makes no sense, like logically or how everything works together. I thought it was super fun. Actually, I recently only watched Bridgerton. Um, I didn't. I wasn't on like when it came out. I didn't watch and all. But recently, I was like bored and I just put it on. Mm. I I'm like now about four episodes in. I know I'm not watching something like brilliant in that sense, but there's no denying. Like I watched, like I say, I'm four episodes in. I watched that four episodes on a single sitting. <laughs> yeah. So it's really such a breeze, and it's it's enjoyable. But at the end, you're like, uh, what am I watching? <laughs> like, why did I spend why four, did, hours, four on hours on this? On this? <laughs> and yet, and, and yet, 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 that's where I'm going to continue doing it. <laughs> We're talking today about guilty pleasures. Again, let us know um, what is a thing that you love watching, but you also kind of feel a bit guilty about loving so much. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero. 18789 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, before we move on to Arvin's next pick, um, Dashio and I were talking about Twilight, yes. and I feel like we gotta close off the <laughs> rom com teen, you know, element drama of this show by talking about Twilight because yes. I love Twilight. I love Twilight. Like, you see, Farid, you talk, you know, you say you're shy because you're macho and all that. I'm here to tell you that I love Twilight. <laughs> 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 so, like, like honestly, like I Twilight, I think right now I I do think of it as like like it's not good, like it's not good films and like. But I still even today I do enjoy it. But growing up, like in high school and all, you know, you'll see the memes. They'll say like, uh, you know, it's still a better love story than Twilight. Yeah, I was like, what are you guys talking about? Twilight's great. 
Mm. Like I, I really, I was down. Like the, I have all the books. I read all the books, so I was really like before like, after the movies. So I watched the first movie, then I read all the books, and then you know, like I went along with it. Um, yeah. So I feel like I mean, right now you see, like it's just really like you know, like the the relationship, the toxicity, and all of that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not good. But as watching it in cin- in the cinema, like it was really enjoyable at the time. Like I was lapping everything up. Twilight makes me really happy, even though I know it's bad. <laughs> that, that, that's yes. what it comes down to for me. I watch yes. it and I'm like. Wow, you can see every wig. You yes. know, it's just—it's like, got wow. that kind of yes. quality and to the it. Slow mo, yeah, like sparkly, sparkly. Th- yes, yeah, yeah. But it yes. makes me really happy. Me so I, I totally get yes. it. By the way, um, we have—I I wanted to mention. Okay, in relation to this whole, if you feel imposter syndrome about liking the things you like, I cannot recommend enough an essay uh, that's published on Harper's Bazaar by Samantha Irby. It's called My Taste is Basic, So What? And um, in the essay, she basically points to all the people who weaponize... um, we all have these people. You know, the ones where you recommend something and they come back and go, oh, I tried the restaurant. You like it? Uh, and uh, uh, and she says that the three words you use to shut it down is yes, I do like it. Yeah, and, and, and that, yeah, yeah yes. and that ends and, it. Yeah. And I think that applies to movies and shows. This is the I think this is the essay version of that Key and Peele skit. Um, awkward. It's called awkward, where like um, Key is trying to talk about his view on the Dark Knight, and the only thing that Jordan <laughs> Peele can do is say things like. Awkward. Okay. <laughs> What's next? You know, stuff like that. And he's like, no, you have no actual opinion. You're just coming back with these one word things because you don't have your own take on these movies. I think this essay is doing the is doing the same it's doing thing. That. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I like it. And and I yeah. just wanted to bring that up in relation to these feelings of guilt. No mm-hmm. more guilt. I yeah. like it. Own yeah. it. Own yeah. it. Own it. Absolutely. Having said that, we're talking about guilty pleasures. So let us <laughs> I don't want to undermine our whole show. So um, let us know what are some of your favorite guilty pleasure watches, the things that you love watching, but also you, you're not sure you should love so much. Um, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, I think to set up our next pick, it would be best to listen first to a voice note that came in from an anonymous listener. Hello, BFM. Can you guys clarify something to me, like you said, guilty pleasures are something. Uh, it, it's a product which isn't. It's not a really high quality product, but you enjoy consuming it, be it TV shows or movies or whatever. I can't understand that because I sometimes do force myself to watch Sappa or these hyped up, you know, Fast Saga, Transformers, and honestly, nothing else come to mind right now. I do force myself to watch them so that I'm not out of the loop, at least for the memes, right? But I couldn't. It's just like really, really bad. The acting is terrible. It's so predictable. I'm not I'm not trying to sign, sound all high and mighty. I think it's just, I really can't. And I don't understand the logic behind it. And I really don't understand <laughs> how you can enjoy it. Oh, Anonymous, you are so... I, I, I feel the frustration. Yes. We, we will answer this in a little bit. But before that... I think that Arvind's next pick is actually such a good example of exactly this thing where it's a bad movie. You know it's a bad mm-hmm. movie. It's also highly memed, but there's just something about it. Here's a bit of Van Helsing. How long has it been? Three, four hundred years? You don't remember, do you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly what is it I should be remembering? You are the great Van Helsing, trained by monks and mullahs from Tibet to Istanbul. Protected by Rome herself. But, like me, hunted by all others. The Knights of the Holy Order know all about you. It's not a surprise you would know about me. Oh, yes, but it's much more than this. <laughs> we have such history, you and I, Gabriel. Have you ever wondered why you have such horrible nightmares? Horrific scenes of ancient battles past. How do you know it? So, perhaps that is a conversation for another time. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am Count Vladislaus Dragulia. Draculia, yeah, yeah. he says. <laughs> with, with gravitas. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, our anonymous listener who sent in that voice note earlier has probably been driven out of town by now by, by that <laughs> clip, just trying to escape it. But um, I wanted to tie it back because anonymous in that voice note earlier said, how do you enjoy something that is objectively not a high quality product when it's so, so bad? And Arvin, you've spoken extensively. Mm. About Van Helsing, acknowledging yeah. its terribleness. Yeah. But I you think, love it. I love it. I think the way to enjoy something that's objectively bad is by enjoying it subjectively. For its badness. <laughs> For its badness. Yeah. For its badness, yes. right? For like, its badness. Like, uh, Batman and Robin 1997 comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because that is a terrible film. And I'm going into the film when I rewatch it these days, not saying, oh, am I going to find something new and interesting? It's not that. It's like I'm watching it because I want to see bad nipples or, you know, that, those hmm. Batman credit card. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of thing. You know, it's... it's playing, it, ice know, playing ice hockey. Playing ice hockey. diamonds. Yes, and ice puns from Mr. Freeze. Like, yeah. I am going to because of how bad it is and relish in how bad it is. So... Now we're going back to our earlier show, but but mm-hmm. this actually is it for me as mm-hmm. well. Um, and it's also why, for me, Transformers is not a guilty pleasure because it's mm-hmm. not bad enough. Mm-hmm. So Because you both know it's bad, but yep. your love of it is sincere. It's not I- like yes. an ironic, yes. cheesy love. Um, so I think when something is really bad, my love of fast, love is a very strong word, mm-hmm. my... my uh, vague enjoyment of, of the fast franchise um, actually has so much to do with its cheese factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. why is he always in a tank top? Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Never... Even when he got married. Yeah. At the chapel. Yes, doesn't matter. And then he found a white one and white pants. Yeah. Like, so it's... I, I get what you're saying. Um, and I know for some people, I have people I watch movies with in my life who cannot find it in them ever to enjoy something bad. And I get it. I don't think you need to force yourself to do it. I I think it's the answer to that. And if you are not finding any pleasure, that means it's not your guilty pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because I'm sure there are some movies you like that maybe your friends don't like it. Mm. And you're like, but I really like it, you know, something like that. But I think the, the going in to see what's bad about the movie... The movie also has to have something that's cool for you yes. personally. Mm-hmm. So, like, just going back to Van Helsing, right? Um, I I know it's a bad movie. I know the CGI is janky. I know the the plot is all over the place. The performances all over the place. Hugh Jackman going out to hunt vampires in a trench coat and a hat and a very cool crossbow and cool weapons and then turning into a werewolf is a cool plot for me. Like, I can watch that again and again. It's hacky and schlocky and silly. 
but it's it's something that I don't mind enjoying, like genuinely enjoying, even though I know it's bad. So I, I am going in for the bad, but I also, I think there genuinely is that... Genuinely enjoy it. I, I think yeah. there's that bias. I'm like, oh, I can't tell if this is 100% bad or it's just, I am enjoying it the way it was made to be enjoyed. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, I think like Tokyo Drift comes to mind for that because... I do genuinely enjoy it also, mm. right? But I also can see lousy acting and all of that, right? Poor, poor, like, poor acting, poor writing, some horrible dialogue. But you have cars drifting around mm. hills. And, and that is cool. And and that premise where like, you know, the, the, this guy is going up against a gangster, but not in like a gangster kind of gangster film, but I'm going to drift. Yeah. And if I win, then like you're out of this town. It's just... <laughs> Like, there's something, like, to latch on to there. And when it's done well, there is some pleasure to be had from that as well. It's the simple yeah. things, lah. Yeah. yeah, it's the small stuff. Small yeah. stuff. Um, Anon, I hope that helps <laughs> clarify. But I, I think, fundamentally, you don't have to force yourself. I think the yes. forcing yourself is part of the problem. If you think it's bad, it's bad, lah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, Anyways, we're talking today about guilty pleasures. Let us know what are some of yours. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, to set up our next clip, though... Okay, actually, Dash, I'll ask you first because it's your choice. Okay. Talk to us about the Power Rangers. Oh, Power Rangers. Where to man, start, the, ori- right? the original, the one with Ivan Ooze. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that, I, I don't even know how to start. I'm finding, I'm finding it difficult to find my words. But it is, it is the quintessential, I feel, like... As an adult right now, especially seeing how technology, like cinematic technology has advanced, you know what good CG looks like. <laughs> you know that films can look real. Even robots can look real. All of that. And then you watch the P- Power Rangers film and it is it's just full of cheesiness, bad CG and all of that. But I think it's because Power Rangers came... Like, at the time, it was such a 90s thing. Like, Power Rangers was such an important sort of TV series, you know, in, like, my... in sort of honing my love for series and, and cartoons and all of these things, right? That even until today, I can find so much joy just watching the ridiculousness. When I see, like, the White Ranger, like, once they transform, I'm like, goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Maximum. Yeah. Can I just say that the Power Rangers movie soundtrack is one of the oh. best soundtracks that I've ever yes. owned. Like, that cassette got ripped apart because of how many times yes. I played it on my, uh, you know, those, those, those double cassette hi-fis, yes. the, the Kenwood ones that they used to have, uh, <laughs> those ones. It, it, oh, the, the, the song, the, the, the choice of songs that they had on that, that listing was crazy. Okay, so I hope this helps clarify. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Anon, uh, earlier, again, to go back to that, let me tell you, I have no intention of watching Power Rangers. I love listening to you both talk so impassionate, you know, passionately about it. I know it's not for me, and that's okay. Um, okay, before we get to the clip, we also have Mukris Taufik, who's back to say, Power Rangers, it's morphing time. So you guys are yeah. Clearly not alone. Here we go. Alpha, what's going on? A massive surge of evil energy is overloading our sensors. Ay, 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 ay. Rangers, you must act swiftly. The planet is in grave danger. Danger from what? 6,000 years ago, a morphological being known as Ivan Ooze ruled the world with a reign of unparalleled terror. He was on the verge of completing construction of his ultimate weapons, the ectomorphicon titans. Twin machines capable of enslaving the entire universe. You must return it to the depths before it is opened and Ivan is released. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, gross. 
Too kind. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the galactically feared, globally reviled, universally despised. They call me Ivan Ooze. Let's do it, guys. Right. It's morphin' time. Right there, Tom. Books, figurines, movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Appears the United States Parole Commission that... Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Put the bunny back in the box. I knew you was a punk. I was right. You've been playing us all along. You a free man. I said, put the bunny back in the box. BFM 89.9. It is 8.36 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Arvin and Dash. And today we're talking about guilty pleasures, although we all each have problems with the word uh, or with the phrase rather. But we'd like to hear from you. Um, what are things you love watching but also kind of feel a bit bad about how much you love. Um, you can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Okay, we can agree on Con Air, right? I think we can collectively agree on yeah. Con 100%. Air. Yeah. And basically most of Jerry Bruckheimer's output. I mean, Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates are great love. Some of my favorite movies. Yeah. But um, also Guilty Pleasure, for me at least. Pirates? Fall, yes, yes. They oh, fall into no, guilty. No, 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 for me. For me. The, especially Bless the first, first three films. <laughs> especially the first film. But also like the first three... The, the trilogy la. Then after that, it became like just rubbish la for me. I, I can't tell the the new trilogy apart. Uh, the last two movies, I don't yeah, know. Stranger mm, Tides from um, Dead, Dead Man. Man's Chest. Ch- right? Chest was no, the no, second one. The, the Dead Man Tell, tell No tales. tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All so, right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. No, no, like, yeah. The first three, no guilt. Love no, it. Okay. I really regret Great opening. Great adventure film. Jelly <laughs> I really regret going. I, I didn't know. I didn't anticipate. It's my fault, guys. It's actually my bad. Um, okay. If we head to the messages, because there are so many, um, just closing off the reality TV loop, uh, Hing Siang says, Bling Empire. Uh, Norman says, the series that I was so guilty and ashamed of watching and I never revealed to anyone during its run was Terrace House. To this day, I still don't know why I was so addicted to that series. It's so voyeuristic. Norman, I also love Terrace House. I get it. Is I, this the, the, the Big Brother kind yeah, of yeah. thing? But like minus eliminations. It's just like a Japanese self-actualized version of Big Brother where people go to stay until they feel they're ready to leave and people comment on all their actions. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what happens? Is it like a metamorphosis 
like different they come out better not necessarily so there's a lot of arguments and bickering no not at all it's very Japanese so they just sit down and cook and then maybe once in a while someone like put the wrong ketchup on an omelette and people are like wow what did that mean like that it's very gentle (laughs) okay it's a super gentle show Norman I get it feel no shame I I understand a little bit why you feel that shame but you shouldn't Um, Natasha says I'll go with the OG, Survivor, because it's so drama. La. The first season was great because it was something novel, but the ones that came after were like soap shows. Uh, Survivor, but semua pun sihat-sihat. I was a crew on Biggest Loser Asia, and boy, I just stopped watching reality TV since then. Yeah, contestants lose weight and all, but um, how they plot for the drama is just horrible. Slide to my DM for more tea. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that That's a reality show by itself. Yeah, yeah. I know. That invite, that invite, yeah. yeah. But I love the mention of all those reality shows. Um, Anon, meanwhile, says, I'm 42, but I watched the Power Rangers movie on Netflix a few weeks ago. Childhood Memories. Oh, the new one. I haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah, neither have I. The, the one that they released with the, the old cast. Yes. I think they came back. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, Haley has some good ones. Haley says, I love Guilty Pleasure movies. I never heard of this one. Sorry, that was the pause. Alien versus Ninja. Uh, Moon... I thought you were going to say versus Predator. Predator, Predator yeah. Yeah. which is its own thing. Yes. That's fine. But Haley is opening new doors for us. Yeah. Alien versus Ninja, Moonfall, Birdemic, Watch If You Dare, Power Rangers, some Nicolas Cage movies. It's just like living your life. Perfection is boring. You got to let loose, be open. <laughs> <laughs> So you you brought up um, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, but Moonfall brings up his Lynn's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> Roland Emmerich. Look, I was not an Emmerich person for a very long time. I couldn't understand like what are we doing, but then I watched Moonfall and I thought, oh, I see now. You're not interested in like story. Mm. You just want an excuse to do this giant moon and kill the stepdad because you do that in all your films. <laughs> like that's all you want to do. And then I got. It. Yeah, you were enlightened. I, I did. By, by, by Moonfall. By a giant moon, yeah. I think I was enlightened. No, no, sorry. By a moon falling. falling. It didn't falling, get yes. bigger. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was enlightened when I saw The Day After Tomorrow. I love Godzilla 97. That's a huge guilty pleasure. That's such a bad movie. Uh, Day After Tomorrow, I was legitimately blown away in the cinemas. And then I would watch anything that he came out with. 2012, I enjoy another guilty pleasure. And then he did something recently, which was Independence Day 2. So bad. I would watch it. I actually, Day After Tomorrow is something I really enjoy. I like a lot of disaster films. I feel uh, genuine, like, I mean, they are like bad films, yeah. but I really have a lot of fun with them. Armageddon's a good example. Yeah. I Armageddon, mean, Armageddon's 2012, ridiculous. 2012, right? 2000, yeah, yeah, 2012, yeah. That's another one. I really have a blast watching those films. Yeah, I think the important thing is to um, just sort of really be able to switch off. Like mm-hmm. in, in Moonfall, there's a sequence um, with Donald Sutherland where he sort of came, imparted important knowledge and left. Um, and then after that, I thought, I have no idea what he said. I don't know how this relates to anything. And then I realized it's fine. And I felt comforted by that. <laughs> that's, and that's the beauty of like a moonfall. I think those are like some of the easiest guilty pleasure movies because you don't have to... They tell you from the start that this is the kind of movie you're going to get. Um, that you are literally buying a ticket to a guilty pleasure thing. You don't find out after like some of the movies you watch and you're like, oh, everyone hates it, but I think I love it. This is like... I, I, I know what I'm walking into. Like, it's I'm like the director it. designs it. Like even in the marketing yeah. and all, they don't sort of hide that from you, right? It's like this is going to be big rubbish that you're gonna, that's going to make you smile. Big rubbish is the perfect yeah. uh, phrase. <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's they what are, right? Is, that's yeah. what they yeah. are. Vilvarajan says, mine would be 
The Cat in the Hat, early 2000s TV Tamil series, Mortal Kombat, Happy Tree Friends. Mortal Kombat. Happy Tree Friends with a Mortal Kombat <coughs> list. What, yeah. a, what a list. Yeah. Early 2000s TV Tamil, Tamil series. I have to this one because I will never watch it like on my own. If you tell me, because it's like thousand episodes telenovela mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? And it's just ridiculous. But I'm not going to lie. Every time my grandmother had the TV on, I couldn't take my eyes from out of, off of it. Same. Like, this is the beauty of soap operas. Yeah. Soap operas just get you. They know what they're doing. Exactly. It's, and even the over-dramatized music and yeah. all, I'm like, oh my God, you did what to your daughter-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> They're back from the dead. Yeah, all of that. Doesn't matter. You don't know who, you don't know the family. It's yes. not relevant. That's not the point that mm-hmm. we're making. Husni says, okay, Husni has actually a very specific guilt, which I love. Husni says, my guilty pleasure is obscenity-laden dark comedy TV movies like South Park, Reservoir Dogs, Dumb and Dumber. Guilt since I have kids now. Oh, so interesting. specific. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, no, I, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Guilt because of other people who are connected to you. And the values you're supposed to be teaching them while yeah, you watch right. someone else like bash yes. someone yeah. else with a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Too young to be exposed to these kinds of things first. Yes. See, that I can understand because that's not that's not exactly society pressure, right? That's, that's just appropriate. <laughs> that's, <Yeah>. that's responsibility. <laughs> yes. um, I'm sure it's also because you're forced to watch it in secret. You have to wait till they sleep. Yeah. Mm. You've got to watch it with the sound yes. down. There's a lot of stuff that encourages oh. guilt. That brings up another thing. Like if you watch comedies, like for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Some comedies are really dark and really depraved, but you laugh. Are those guilty pleasures? I, I feel that way about the early seasons. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Some mm. of the jokes are so dated, but they're still, they're still funny. And then I'm like, oh no. I think but, about it with yes. Veep. Because uh, uh, Veep is not dated. Veep is like mean on purpose. Mm. And I laugh so much. I feel no guilt. Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> I don't know. When you, when you mentioned South Park, so I'm like, yes. oh. Yeah. yeah, but South Park and all is meant to be that kind of dark comedy, right? But what if like, for, let's say if it's like Friends, where, I mean, Friends is pretty tame, but there are some jokes that, you know, a sitcom of today will just never make, will never do that unless it's some kind of commentary or whatever. It's just because it's like, let's say there's some like layers of like underlying misogyny there or, you know, some sexism and, and things like that. But I still laugh. Like, it, you know, it's, be- I don't know, within the context of the show, of the, show. The, ca- the characters and, and certain things like that, I think it doesn't hold up. It's dated. Yeah. It's very dated. But I guess because I my affinity for the characters for so many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do feel that, oh, should I be laughing? Like, these are not my views now. You know, my political so now you're, views. You're, you're, like, you're oh. pressuring yourself. <laughs> like, you know, you know. It's Spiraling. This, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Um, comedy is coming up quite a bit, but not for that reason. Um, or not explicitly. Look, for example, says Borat and Austin Powers, which I think fall into a little bit this sort of category. Yeah. Um, Ken Ling says, dude, where's my car? My favorite guilty pleasure. Such a bad plot. Lame jokes. Love it. Um, Kling You Okay and Pegetan both say white chicks. I love oh, so much at white chicks. Yes, I love white and chicks. And it's, it's so bad. I can't hear the dung, da dung, da dung without like being, not <laughs> thinking, thinking of, about thinking the song, of, white of ter- chicks. Terry Crews. Yes. Yeah, same. It, you know, it, so the interesting thing about white chicks for me is I feel like that opposite of, you know, like when you really like a movie, then everybody doesn't like it. Mm. I felt like in everybody loves white chicks and I genuinely hate it. Oh, you hate white chicks? I hate it. And that's the thing, right? Like, not even from a... 
like a guilty kind of way. It's like one of those for me. It's like I just can't stand it, and then everybody loves it, and I'm like, oh my god, am I a party pooper? <laughs> I don't know if it's oh. a generational thing. Maybe like like. Y- like a you had to be there kind of thing ah. at the time when it was out and getting super memed and you have an affinity for it. I don't know whether it's that. Like, is this, is this the fate that awaits Tropic Thunder one day? I don't know. Oh, I hope not. Me but, too. But, but Tropic Thunder is great. It's happening, right? Like a lot of people are having conversations about Tropic Thunder. That's a good example though. Yeah. Because like, they're like, oh, should have, Rob Downey Jr., should he have had um, quote-unquote no, blackface? But that's the, that's yeah, the joke. That's exactly. the whole thing. Yeah, that's yeah. The, yeah. So, but... You know, I want to ask, just now you brought up like Veep and all, right? So if let's say the show's intention is to make you feel uncomfortable or may- maybe guilty when you're laughing at it, is it a guilty pleasure? Because the show wanted you to feel guilty. No la, I mm, think that those are separate right, things. Because right? like, you're gaining pleasure from the show Sh- being good, good. And you're guilty, guilty because, because of the story. story yeah. 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 But it still counts. You are just trying to mash it up. I don't know. Like I, I'm not. I'm not into this crossover approach that you're trying to do. Family guy, another one. Farid Chikun says, love guru. So Mike Myers is suddenly oh, getting a lot of representation. Oh yeah. uh, Danny says, married with children, so bad, it's so good. Married children is good, but I, I, I think that one is just innocently dated. I would say. Mm, yeah, innocently dated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, be prepared. Nat says, my guilty pleasure would probably be J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. I must have watched it over 10 times, uh, usually as background background noise, but somehow I stop whatever I'm doing and I end up watching the movie. Or late night watches when I can't sleep. To me, they're better than the originals. Chris Pine is the best Captain Kirk. Woohoo! Okay, but, I have to I, I have to go on a rant. Well, you, 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 yeah, you don't like the movie. I, I love Star Trek. I, I love it. Yeah. But the mention of J.J. Abrams and Star Trek, I'm going to say one of my biggest guilty pleasures, uh. Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, uh. is such a bad yes. movie. Like, it's a future trillion dollar company that made a movie that's embarrassing to watch. Yes. I watch it once every six months. I, at least, in know, full. I feel I should give it a shot because I, I'm such a, like, just like you guys, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. I was so hard and I am the biggest fan. Like The Last Jedi is my favorite Star Wars film of all time. Stop. Mm. And I was so heartbroken by Rise of Skywalker. It, I couldn't find any pleasure in it. But I feel like maybe now I should give it a shot. It's been some time. I had some time to heal. It's so you know, bad. It's, it's really bad. It's so bad. I've realized I'm much more hard-edged than you both. La. I'm not going to try. I don't care. You've just given up on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, like, like I care about you as a friend. I value your opinion. <laughs> but, but we don't have to listen to each other all the time, you no, know? No. So, okay, love. Yeah. I'm glad you feel that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I will continue to feel that way. Yeah. Um, about and both things. About the movie as well. I will continue to waste my time and my, <laughs> and my, and my energy um, and my investment in these things. And when like they release a 4K Blu-ray or whatever, I will buy it. But it is such a it's badly bad, huh? written really, really bad. movie. It looks beautiful, though. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> while we're talking about things in series, Tommy says, I love Aliens, best sci-fi mm. horror. We'll watch over and over and over for its terrible dialogue. 
Aliens. Aliens? This is the second Aliens one. is the second. Right. It does have bad dialogue. It is a good film, though. Great film. Uh, that's a James Cameron thing. Yes. Right? Yes. I think he's yes. bad with dialogue. Consistent yes. problem. Yeah. Uh, Jensen says, I really enjoy watching crime shows, documentaries, killer interviews to a point that I'd be able to guess what's going to be said. <laughs> Honestly, an embarrassing amount of time looking at crime scene photos, watching interviews, court trials. As much as I enjoy watching and I get so much satisfaction, I also get so many lessons. Crime series give me a reassuring na- narrative formula and help reinforce a sense of moral clarity, at least to me, lol. <laughs> You're getting lessons. Like, uh, is this guilty pleasure? Are you guilty of something? <laughs> Try to learn. Actually, you know what I find interesting? What I find interesting about this, Jensen, is that I struggle with the guilt of um, being voyeuristic about someone else's tragedy. So that's my problem mm, with crime uh, yeah. shows. Yes. I, I mean, like, not so much the procedurals where it's scripted, then mm-hmm. I'm okay, whatever. But the documentaries and stuff, like, over time, um, as I've grown older, my guilt has come from, like, oh, I don't know if I should be watching this. Like, yeah. their family is still alive, mm, you know. Yes. And so, so it's guilt from, like, another perspective. So I, I have no, I don't watch those documentaries at all. I think it's just, the, they're just way too depressing sometimes. So I avoid. But I can understand guilty pleasure when it comes to crime dramas. Yes, especially the, the you know, the, the CSI era yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff where it's just like one episode, you solve a crime and then mm. you go and it's really like addictive, I feel. Like yeah. I was a huge CSI fan and all of that. But all the shows are exactly the same yes. thing. Exactly the same template, same blueprint. Um, but if you watch them, you, you drop in the middle of an episode, you have to finish it. Yes. There's no way you cannot. It doesn't make sense that they are wearing the same clothes and then they solve the murder, like the most in, like yeah. insane murder, like serial killer, and they are wearing the same clothes at the end. Their hair mm. looks the same, same also. Ep- but yep. there's a pleasure to that. Yes. Mm. Right. Brian says, my guilty pleasure is the UK gangster drama Peaky Blinders. Perhaps it's because I can understand the Brummie accent while my whole family can't make out if they're speaking English or Scandinavian <laughs> or some Scandinavian language. Highly specific. Elin says, I love white chicks and Nacho Libre. I can watch it over and over again and still laugh at the same places even when I know where the punchline would be. Isn't Nacho Libre a a genuinely good movie? But it's silly. It's it's very silly. It's very silly. Very silly. silly. But I thought it was like a a, a good, good movie. I really liked it. But the reviews are bad, love. Like I think we are oh. in the the, un, the you know the minority the small there. bubble. Yes. Oh, natural libre. Like I think reviews are quite bad. Are the reviews bad for Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, yes, question. they are. They are because that so that's also in cult status then. Yeah. Yes, because Napoleon Dynamite I think is for a lot of people maybe not a guilty pleasure but certainly a pleasure. People quote it all the time. Yeah. 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 How do we feel about Seth Rogen movies from a certain era yeah. like uh, mm. Nocta Pineapple Express? I feel Seth Rogen and Jack Black are like they can do it whatever I'll watch it. And sometimes I Same. don't. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I may see like okay, this is like problematic, blah blah blah. But I will still like enjoy. Like mm. I will be very keen to watch whatever they are in. Like Super Bad is one of oh. the most problematic. Yes. Things yeah, yeah. Super Bad is tough. It's good though. Yes. It, it's it's funny. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's really funny. Mm. Guilty pleasure. Yes, yeah. increasingly so, yes. right? Increasingly yeah. so, yeah. Actually, what I find fun about our show today is that we're finding actual avenues for guilt. Like we started off using guilty pleasure quite flippantly, <laughs> yes. but actually we're finding like. Like real guilt, real guilt. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is fun. Um, let's see. Lok says, "Do you guys know what happened to Seriously Dude? Where's my car? The sequel to Dude, oh. Where's My Car? Look, maybe they lost the script. <laughs> yeah, yes, they're good at losing things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe yes. that's their thing. Ooh, Farid has a good one. Farid says, "I've watched Evolution countless times." The Jeff Goldblum one. Oh, yeah. Was that Jeff is Goldblum a, in it? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Jeff Goldblum and... Uh, David Duchovny, right? David Duchovny. Yeah, it's like an alien thing and then they combine like the science guy and the alien guy. 
wow. I watched that once, completely forgot about it. And now it's like unlocking a memory that I didn't know that I had with that message. I haven't watched that actually. Uh, so I think this is a white chicks. Ah. I really feel that if okay. you if you watch it out of time and place, if you're watching it at like a now, um, with not enough fondness for... Because it, it came out at a very specific time. Like David Duchovny was relatively fresh off of Mulder. Um, Jeff Goldblum was relatively fresh off of Ian Malcolm. And that was before the second coming of Ian Malcolm. So it came out at like right. a very specific moment in time when there was fondness. And now that fondness for us and I guess Farid lasts forever. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just attached there solely in your brain. Question. Avatar Last Airbender. Not this animation, which is great. Like the movie. Guilty pleasure or just unwatchable? Unwatchable. For me, it's unwatchable. Never watched it. Please don't. For me, it's tough. Please don't. Oh, I see. Please don't. bad, like bad, bad. But I don't know. I think now (laughs) I'm like trying to find some, you know, like when I'm bored, I just put it on, watch some scenes. I don't think I can revisit. I I watched um, half of that movie, quarter of that movie. Then I'm like, I'm giving up. Because the first time I watched it, I just couldn't because it felt like my childhood was just getting butchered in front of me. Yeah, yeah. By M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Personally. Since you brought that up, Red, I wanted to ask you guys, like, do you revisit older movies? Um, For me, I'm Mm. talking about superhero movies that I used to hate. Uh, Spider-Man 3, Ghost Rider, the second Ghost Rider, um, X-Men 3. And now when I look back at them, I'm like, I can enjoy these movies because there's perspective. Like at that time, there's no, there were no reboots, no remakes. There's no multiverse. You know, Hugh Jackman isn't coming back next year in 2024. So if they fail a movie, like they fail Spider-Man 3, I'm like, oh my God, they've they've botched Spider-Man. But now I know like if they botch one Spider-Man, we get Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland or we get Miles Morales. Or we get 200. Or 200. (laughs) And so that perspective is like, this is not serious. I I can watch this movie again. I think so. And I think it's for that exact reason. Because I remember at the time when I watched uh, Spider-Man 3 and even X-Men 3 specifically, especially X-Men 3, I felt like that this huge disappointment because mm. I felt so strongly about the characters and I was like, oh my God, you're going to destroy this is another like Batman v Superman type of thing where it's the end of superhero movies. Like, what do you guys do? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas now I know, you know, you make a rubbish superhero movie, you're going to get 10 more. 10 more. You know, whatever it is, you're going to get more and more of it. Like, you know, I, I think, yeah, that has given me, because now I watch back um, X-Men 3 and all, I really, and I don't love it. But I'm like, okay, la, like you didn't commit a crime here, you know, by yeah. making this movie. They're perfect guilty pleasures, guilty pleasures for me, yeah. I feel. I think that I have the correct amount of distance to have always had this perspective. Because mm. I, I love the heroes, I, I love the stories, but I also know that they're like adults in costume. You know, right. like like pretending to manipulate cards, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like like I I get it. Um, I think I've always had enough distance to be able to see them both rather seriously, but also ridiculously, and and therefore mm. it didn't bother me when they they did horrible things. Like Victor will always be funny to me. <laughs> like like it was funny to me then. It's funny to me now. It's it's fine. So yeah, I think the distance helps though. I think the perspective is good. Ian McKellen didn't wear a helmet for you to say he's an adult trying to manipulate cars. <laughs> I, sir I apologize. Ian McKellen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sir. sir. Yes, I apologize. I apologize, everybody. Um, okay, I think I think unfortunately, even though we have messages coming through, 
That is all the time we have. Um, we have been talking today about guilty pleasures. Maybe we need to do a second um, because there are still lots of messages. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for sending your thoughts. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Popcorn Culture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.